This is CliffCentral.com. Progressive, cultured, and brave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The Thread of Exchange with Sierra Live on Cliff Central. Welcome to the Third Exchange. I'm Siabonga Beile, live from Johannesburg. And you know, this is what it is. We are culture, progressive and brave. And this is a show where we discuss a lot of things that affect African millennials. And today we've got an exciting show. And before we get to that, enjoy this tune by Majid Jordan titled Make It Work. That is Majid Jordan, titled Make It Work. And I think this song sets the tone for today's show because it's all about making it work, man. As entrepreneurs, as black creatives, all we seek to do is make our businesses work. Um, they come with all different types of challenges. Um, and yeah, making it work is quite hard. And today I've got two interesting entrepreneurs in studio and we're going to have a, a heated debate about what are the realities of being an entrepreneur in South Africa. I feel like most of the time the focus is always on it's always on the rise towards being an entrepreneur. So it's all about how do you get funding? It's all about, you know, support my business. Let me get clients. You know, you're out there, you do interviews, you do the PR, everyone knows about you. But behind the veil, there's a lot that happens. You know, when you have, when your business is making money and as a young entrepreneur who doesn't come from money, what happens? Is it easy as it sounds? You know, they say more money, more problems, losing money, gaining money, losing clients, gaining clients. There's a lot that happens in business that I feel most of the time doesn't get uncovered and in studio i've got elias Titole and joe nawanya and they are the founders of creative mindspace which is a fast-growing digital company and an agency in south africa they do everything from branding websites and joe likes to say that he invents brands and builds brands and <laughs> dissects brands is that true joe it is um so with what we do is that we're very influenced by our continent firstly because uh we've realized that we're so rich with everything, you know, our weather is different, our people are different, different cultures and languages that we have here. Yeah. And we, we're just so passionate about using all those elements and pumping them into African brands and making them global and making them appeal and making them communicate differently, you know, with yeah. a very strong story. So that's, that, that's where we invent brands. That's where, Elliot, <laughs> yeah. how's it, my man? I'm okay, pa. You look like a pantsula. You look so good. <laughs> this guy is so much sad. Yeah, like, yeah, how does this yeah, partnership yeah. work? Joe is all He's like the serious. Rebel. He's the rebel. Serious, dirty. <laughs> I would say you look more like the creative, you uh, know. I, I can say we, we're the same, you know. But me yeah. now, I'm, uh, where I come from, I come from in a different space where, like, I'm from Soweto. Yeah. So we met, the way we met is like, it was the creative force that made us join yeah. our what but makes you sorry to interrupt you right there but i'm too excited to have you guys in the studio <laughs> and i have so many questions that i want to yeah. ask you guys but i think let's start from the beginning i mean joe you you you're a 23 year old entrepreneur from congo i just it's, turned 24 actually turned 24 oh, i also turned 24 we're getting old eh? yeah, this, bro, yeah, this thing is serious this eh? thing of being youth up and coming yeah. is getting is getting yeah. played yeah. Yeah. but joe you're a kid from congo 23 years old you have elliot elliot here who's yeah. from soweto how does this partnership come about I think, yeah, um, it's, it's about finding your purpose, you know, and almost just letting it happen and believing in the universe and following your, following your intuition because, um, it was a very weird 
uh, situation how Elite and I met because I was working at a retail company first. And for some odd reason, Elliot was the model <laughs> who was in the <laughs> clothing that this company yeah. was doing. And I didn't know that this guy was a creative yeah. like me. Uh, and I was, I was always taking pictures of this guy. Eventually, like the following year, sometime in Feb, I see this guy walks into the same office and I'm like, wait, dude, I know you. He's like, yeah. And we started connecting like that only to realize that we actually have the same passion and we've got the same vision. Yeah. And, it's it's a very difficult thing at first, especially if you want to start a business because you need someone that understands your your vision and has the same passion as you and will understand that, look, dude, we're not going to make money f- from the first day or the first month or maybe even the first year, but we believe in this and this is our yeah. purpose, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it was, that's, that's basically how we just came about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I want to touch on something that's quite sensitive, especially within the African space and having traveled African countries. What I like about your partnership, it's not, I mean, I, of course I encourage South Africans to collaborate, yeah. but I yeah. like that, you know, you're from Congo, you're from South Africa and you guys are collaborating. And I think yeah. at our time, it's very, very important, especially looking at, you know, what has been happening in South Africa in the last five years yeah. with xenophobic attack. And yeah. also like You know that kind of energy And to see young people yeah. Doing it It's like you're showing You know the example yeah. Going forward And I think That's where The future of Africa is It's not about Isolating ourselves As South Africans mm. Being like oh yeah We cool We're down here in the south But I think mm. The future of Africa Lies in collaboration Yeah I mean It's not easy To choose a partner You know I always say that People ask How do you choose The right partner I say you know Sometimes You just pray And uh, wait for God to explain how to do your thing, you know. So when I met Joe, it wasn't that thing of, uh, he's from the other side, I'm from yeah. this side, you know. It was the connection and the connection was powerful because we, we shared the same month, almost the same date, you know, of birth. So like, the connection was very strong. Like, yeah. I believe that God said, okay, you know what? This is your partner. Cause I tried a lot of people to team up with, mm. but Joe was there. And when we, when we spoke about the idea was of there having, ready? yeah, it was just, <laughs> we had like creative mind space, flip, creative mind space. Yeah. The name yeah. actually just, it just clicked. Yeah. It just happened. Why creative mind space? <sighs> it's this vision is bigger than us. Um, why creative mind space? Because we want to establish an ideation agency that will be the hub of African creatives. Um, we want you to walk in and find someone that's amazing in architecture, someone that's amazing with design, someone that's amazing with music, because creativity is not just what we do as designers. Creativity is an everything. Um, being creative at being a radio presenter, being creative at being a chef. That is your art, you know, that is yeah. your skill and your talent and that is creative, you know. So people think creativity is the guy who paints, the guy who draws. Um, we, we, we believe differently from that. Um, so creative mind space because we want to create that space where creative minds can live where it could be a hub for them to exist. Yeah. That is incredible. And, you know, just touching the fact that, like, I like highlighting young black people who are doing something completely innovative. In the industry, there is a lot of agencies, right? You yeah. know, there's your Ogilvy's and, you know, there's all these different agencies that are, have just 
been accepted as the norm. Those are the agencies that people give money to. And I've always been vocal about, you know, everything that's given to us in South Africa, most of the time we don't own it. Mm. You know, we don't own the advertising agencies. We don't own a Nike in South Africa. We don't have a Puma in South Africa. And we're always running to work with these global brands, which I don't think is a problem. But I mean, when are we going to build our next Ogilvy's in South Africa? When are we going to build our next Nikes? So what are your thoughts on that? Were you conscious of that when you were starting Creative Mindspace? Yeah, the whole idea was to create a hub where we get all the creatives in one space, you know, because yeah. you find out, uh, like, our people in Soviets especially, they will go and say, I want to create a logo, but the logo is expensive. But I know these creative agents in Sentin, they charge so much, you know. Yeah. So we're like, you know what, we can do this and cater for everyone. So we're the small business or very small business, we cater for everyone. So we're letting people to come and say, you know what, it's possible to start your brand without paying so much. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that it's bad to go to Sentinel or wherever to ask for someone to design a logo for you. But the fact that you can have your your people that you can afford, you know, to 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 start your brand and stuff without paying much. So we were um conscious about it that you know what Let's start something that's going to open for everyone. Yeah. You know, it's not only about big corporate companies and stuff. So the aim was that. And yeah. also, Sia, um, just touching on what Edith said, it was about we wanted to have an agency that was very unapologetic about our history, about our culture and about our people. You know, we wanted to really go the storytelling route because we're tired of people coming into our continent and experiencing everything that we have and leaving with that experience and telling different stories mm. outside of our country. You know, we wanted to say, guys, we've got all this. Let's own it. You know, let's create things that are from the soil. Let's create stuff that our people, first of all, will buy into and feel proud of, you know, our heritage and our history and our people. Um, so that's where um, we feel that we we didn't want to be like any other agency. We wanted to be an agency that is focused on our storytelling, focused on our narrative. Yeah. Because if if you look, um, we're not only about doing corporate stuff also. We we do animation and stuff, you know. So what inspires that is that you you find uh, a small kid in Soweto who knows how to draw, who knows how to... But he doesn't know where to go, understand? So that person is talented. So what we do is if we take that person, we put him in the in the space where he can express and make money. You understand? Yeah. So the idea was that creative mind space we create more uh creative like we bring more creative people yeah. in. So it's like space. a creative hub and yeah. you're also cultivating talent while you're producing this work that you yeah, own at the same yeah, time. Yeah. That is incredible. I mean you touched on something that I think is quite important. I mean, you said um earlier that when you're starting a business, it's you had this understanding of the next, the first couple of years, you're gonna be broke. You might not make money, <laughs> yeah. and people at home might be sitting, or you know, you know our peers how they are. You know, our peers could be sitting at home, and be like, ah, we have bills to pay. You're lying just because now you've made it. It's easy for you to say, and people don't actually understand that it's actually true. The fact that when you start a business, you go yeah. fucking broke. Like <laughs> for the ne- first time. couple of for the first Jeez. couple of years, you don't realize your profits. You make, you know, you you. You trust clients. They don't pull through. You do pitches. Yeah. They don't work out. You know, you spend money. You lose money. So, you know, why do you think that people, a lot of people will then ask at the same time, yo, how we've made it. And we, we and we'll always say like, yo, 
it's, it's besides talent and besides all the other things we have in our minds, it's also just being patient mm. and understanding that mm. at some point it's got to work. At some point, if you persevere long enough, things will change. And I think a lot of people are still very, I think in this country, are very fiscally sensitive. We're afraid of losing money. And I feel a lot of young black creatives are stuck in jobs that they do not want True. because they're afraid of that risk of, yo, I'm going to lose my car. Exactly. Mm, yeah. So how did you guys get over that barrier or accepting that, okay, you know what, next three years, we might make money, we might not. Of course we want to make money, but if, it, if we don't, doesn't mean we're going to stop. What gave you guys that motivation? I think um, the first thing would be <coughs> understanding, or let me rather say finding yourself, you know, knowing that, look, I've got the skill and I've got this talent or a gift. And one thing that we don't realize is that everything that is instilled within us is not for our own benefit, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think for us, or rather for me, it was knowing that, look, this is what I'm meant to do. And I should just follow it, you know? Yeah. Amazing. And yeah. in, in terms of like, you know, just breaking it down a bit, a bit more, when you guys go through those broke months, you know, where you feel like, I can't go to this meeting. I can't afford the Uber to that. Or I can't do that. I'm just those dark moments. So you're like, Ish, where you feel like you're so broke, you've hit a roadblock and you're like, I have a company, but Dololo. Mm. How do you get through that? I feel like a lot of, I just want to break it down even further because people don't understand. People think broke means you're broke, but you've got mm. 10K in the bank. Mm. That's your brokenness. Like, I mean, zero in the bank account. Zilch. <laughs> We're just like, fuck. We, we were actually talking about this. Um, yeah. Because last year was last year was the worst year ever that we've experienced. I can relate to that in our business, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. uh, like it was so bad that we would literally live on just buying tin fish and cooking that with rice. Like yeah. we use it as our our last resort. We would walk to the office, which is like a three kilometer walk in the sun, because we can't afford to get to the office yeah. with like Taxify or Uber, um, and you find out that you've got clients that you've been chasing for months, right? Bro. And they haven't paid. And lawyer and fees are expensive exactly. as well. So some people like be just, like, yeah, go after them uh, with lawyers. And like, you like, know how much lawyers cost. Exactly. And like people don't, people also don't understand that running after a client who owes you is actually you lose, losing time and losing money. Yeah. And I think one thing that some, some of our successful entrepreneurs in the industry are doing is that they selling a, a blurred dream like they're not being serious or rather um exposing entrepreneurship at its core because yeah. people all, only want to share about their successes mm, and their exactly. cars and their houses yeah. no one's really telling you that look you're gonna go broke you're gonna get dumped she's gonna want you back you're gonna yeah. lose this you know like yeah. you won't have time for family you can't it's, go on dates exactly. now because now you're like, like i need money for the day you know so now what i'm gonna say to this yeah, and now yeah. there's other people on social media also who are putting pressure on you because mm. the instagram looks a certain way yeah. and all that and like you you trying to live up to that um i think those are some of the things that are happening in society that are really making entrepreneurship seem as if, Hey, this thing is cool. You know, yeah. I can get along. I'll just start a business and yeah. boom, I'm going to make it. And, and it's not true. And people always think that if you have a business, you've got money. Mm. And yeah. 
it's people don't understand. And also, there's this. I think social media has brought this warped sense of reality. Mm. So, in a sense that social media doesn't reflect real life. It doesn't. Sometimes yeah. it can. Yeah. I mean, yeah. PDD's life. I feel like what PDD shows us is what that's his life. He's yeah. rich. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oprah Winfrey when she has chefs in her kitchen, mm. that's real. But as an average South African young black entrepreneur, that's not a reality. Mm. So there's also there's this space where you tell people you're broke, and then they're like, yeah, but your Instagram says this, and mm. Instagram is for work. As creative mind space, you're gonna post on your Instagram. Oh yeah, we broke this man. Yeah. You gotta have to keep <laughs> exactly. the brand going. So some yeah. of the times people are like, yeah, I checked your Instagram. Doesn't seem like you're going through the most. And you're like, am I supposed to post a picture there at home eating yeah. my little noodles? Crying. Like, yeah, crying. We're broke. There was this other time we moved to Sunning Hill. Yeah. And everyone thought we like making it, killing it. You know, we have money for days. So at home they were like. But you guys, you're in Sunning Hill. Why, why are you always complaining that you don't have money and stuff? Like, you don't understand that each and every day we're living, we're chasing clients, and we try by all means to, to do like great work and stuff, yeah. you know? So it's, it's not an easy thing at all. Like, you, you can see us wearing like nice clothes and stuff, but we're trying to, you know? Yeah. And also just yeah. building a business from, from the ground up without funding and everything means that yeah. every cent you make goes back towards the business. Mm. Yeah. You know, all the money you make, you're saving up for your next meeting or saving up. Or to even debts. That's another thing. There's also debts. Like, cause now <laughs> yeah. you go through these periods where you're not making money. The rent goes up, oh, the rent man. doubles, right. cell phone bills, bills, bills. So when you get that huge amount of money, besides before you even pay salaries, it's first used to clear all this debt. And by the time you're left with like 20 K, and you're like, okay, let's split this in half as a salary. So there's also those kind of challenges where it, it's all, that's a crazy thing. I was actually saying to Anga the other day that when you're broke, it's almost as if the world wants you to be broker. Yeah. It's like, just the all, these, all these debts just come up. Yeah, because, uh, we, cell phone like I was thinking, oh, I was thinking, so listen to this. So like I went through some crazy shit last year where I also, my company lost a lot of money. I remember now, so my medical aid was so expensive, right? So I'm like, okay, let me downsize. Let me cut medical aid. So now I'm like, I want to cancel. They're like, I must pay an extra like three, four K to cancel. I'm like, but like, but I don't why? have the money. That's why I'm canceling. That's, That's why I'm canceling. Exactly. Yeah. Virgin yeah. Active as well. Like to cancel your membership, you have to pay like a thousand rand admin fee. And I'm like, but like, it's so crazy. Like Virgin when you don't have money, pay. that's when like the world wants to pay, wants you to pay more or the system wants you to pay more. And then the crazy thing is when you have money, you hardly pay for anything. You do. Because yeah. immediately when you have money, no one calls and stuff. But when you get broke, yo. <laughs> Like, yeah. all the problems arise. <laughs> like messages and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Guys, yeah. if you want to join in on the discussion, please don't hesitate to WhatsApp us on 079-748-2090. You can ask us anything that you would like for us to discuss. Are you having issues with your business? Are you having problems? Are you, are you also just hitting that roadblock where you feel like it's the end for you? So please reach out to us. Also on the other side of this, we've got another entrepreneur in studio, Hotzo, who's also going to join us for the debate as well. And I think he's going to have some quite interesting things. I think today's debate is going to get heated because now we're going to talk about is the government doing enough for young black South Africans? Mm. Is um, is the government doing enough for us to be commercially viable in this economy? Also, we're going to chat about where is Africa going? Where is the youth going? Is there hope for us? Is it the end for us? You know, our economy was ranked ranked junk status last year. Yeah. You know, schools in South Africa are still quite underdeveloped when it comes to technology. So we're just going to break that down a little bit on the other side of this. Smoking, I'm down the best. 
corners on my neck, goose bruise. Great digger on the knife for me. You too cute, give me my pen, you lose. Too cute. Better watch your bitch, you want the groove. You're live on Cliff Central with Siabonga Bila on the Threaded Exchange. Conversations that are cultured, conversations that are brave, conversations that are progressive. Um, we're live from Johannesburg in South Africa in the Cliff Central studios and we're live from Cliff Central to Africa, to the world. This is young black people owning it, killing it, black excellence. Black Magic, Melanin Boys, everything, all of the above. We're also now joined by Khoto. Khoto, what's up, man? Good in yourself, man. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You're also a young black entrepreneur, but you are a designer. Tell yeah, us a bit yeah. about yourself in 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, might be a long story, but I'll cut it short. Look, uh, I'm a kid from a young, no, a small township in the East Round called Watville. Self-taught designer, make shoes, I make everything that I can make. So yeah, that's me, man. Yeah. yeah. Also, do you think entrepreneurship is tough? Man, super tough. Super yes. tough. <laughs> Anywhere in the world, it's super tough, man. Let's start this debate. Is South Africa the place to be as a young black entrepreneur? Let's start with you, Joe, walking all the way down to Khoto. What do you think for us to be in this country right now? Is that a good idea as an entrepreneur? <laughs> Look, I, I'm very passionate about being African. You know, I'm passionate about owning, um, our history, our stories. And I believe that Africa is the answer to a lot of things in the world. Um, we've, we, we, we've had a difficult time to actually get where we are right now, but I feel that, um, it has opened up for business a lot. Besides the fact that a lot of people come into the country to actually do business f- from here, I I feel that this is prime time and Africa is in the right direction because like we have access to information that a few years ago we didn't have, uh, a few years ago that our forefathers and parents did not have. You know, like my mom still doesn't know what I do for a living. Mm. Uh, it just tells you that we've evolved so much to a point where young millennials like us are able to create things and make them exist. Uh, so I believe that this is the perfect time and we are in the right place at the right time. It just comes down to what do we make of it? Khoto, let's jump to you. Uh, well, with me, I'd say it's hard, but it's a good thing. It kind of grooms you to be the best that you can. Like me coming from a small hood, I didn't have much resources. Mm. Everything I had to do and learn on my own, you know, so it's a good thing, but how long is it going to be a young kid? Like even with me, young kids want to be like me, want to make shoes, want to make everything. But it's kind of hard at times to tell them, no, you have to go out because you tell them to go out. Where should they go? You know, so for me, it's kind of that situation. But yeah. Yeah. Elliot. You coming from Soweto and, and, and coming out to build a business, what is that like for you? And, I mean, going back to my question, do you think being a businessman in South Africa right now as a young person is commercially viable? Yeah, I would say it's a, this is the best time for, for a young person to come out and start something. Uh, there was this one lady told me that is, you know, if we can create more places, uh, more, more places like um, hookup dinner, in Soweto, that's when 
you you invite young people, young entrepreneurs, and they'll teach more, teach them more about business and stuff. You will find that this is the place to start. You know, because we don't have things like that. You you get a post that says you must come to uh, a hookup dinner, and someone can't even afford to go there. You no, know? yeah. and that person needs to know more about business, and so I think. If we can just push that more, we will see that we're in the right continent yeah. and the right. This is the right time for us. Yeah, yeah. Anga, my younger brother, mm. you're 20 years old right now. Yeah, you've seen me, you know, try build my business or build my business. Yeah, lose it, build it again. Yeah, yeah. you you have your own, you know, startup as well called Friends, which it works yeah. in the music space. Mm. Now, looking at all these or living my experience, you yeah. know, being my brother, do you think? You are as optimistic in, in in running your business as you were before you knew what it took. I think, to be honest, I think it would be the same like wherever you were in the world. I think just being an entrepreneur is very hard. It takes a lot of guts. So I feel like a lot of people have unrealistic expectations when they start a business. I think mm-hmm. you can't expect to make money like in your first like couple months or years. Like it, it that's literally what it does. Like you're gonna be broke for a long time. It's like Coachella didn't make a profit for like ten years. And that's yeah. the biggest music festival in the world. Exactly. So phones off, phones off. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. So I think obviously the country we live in, I think just in Africa in general, obviously when it comes to economic situations, like we are not, you know, uh we're not in the best place, I think, but Africa, like you said, is the answer to a lot of things. Like a lot of questions, I think Africa is the answer. So I think I encourage every African young millennial, young person to like do something, start something. And that's all you have to do is just start. I mean, obviously, the only way things are going to change is if we keep driving conversations like this and a lot of us keep making things happen. So yeah. Joe and Elliot doing something and then Obviously, um, like younger than them, I'm coming up and I have questions to ask them. They'll be like, yo, listen, you're going to struggle with this, but this is what I did to get over it. Yeah. Then I can take those lessons and apply them to myself and maybe I'll come up with a solution that's three times better than the solution mm. they came up with. Yeah. So I think it's going to be up to us. We're going to have to fall. We're going to have to make mistakes. We're going to have to stumble. But I think you guys, like yourself, Elliot, just the 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 entrepreneurs that are really doing like really doing crazy stuff are the ones that are gonna have to like really captain the ship. Like yeah. it's up to you guys. Like we can't and rely on the Mitsepes and the older people to yeah, do it for us. And, and yeah. it's I think one thing I really love about entrepreneurship in Africa is that there's a strong spirit of collaboration. Mm. A lot of entrepreneurs have started collaborating and understanding, hey look, I might not have the resources and skills that you guys have but if we can collaborate and form maybe a team of five businesses we can pitch to get this one big pie Mm. you know um i was i was invited to a talk sometime this month and i turned it down why because i don't want to be the guy who stands in front of other upcoming entrepreneurs and telling them like this is what we achieved this is our client and whatnot some of those people might not relate because First of all, I don't even know the space that they are in their entrepreneurial mm. journey. I'd rather have a round table where we sit and I tell them what I'm struggling with, you know, and they do the same. Yeah. And we collaborate and we have this type of conversations where we can help each other out rather than saying, look, we did this, this is our client, whatnot. 
because <coughs> even that is still a false because we haven't made it. People, yeah. people think you have, but we, we, we haven't and we have a vision. We know where we're going. We're not there yet, but all this we need to share. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just got an interesting question. I want to throw a spanner in the works, actually for you, Heliot and Koto. <laughs> we just got someone who's listening to the radio show and they're saying the following. Don't see why you're talking about black excellence. Why not excellence amongst all races? Just don't see the point in branding black as we are a rainbow nation. Get real, not racist. Do you have anything to say to that? And I think, and I think as young entrepreneurs, we're very <coughs> pro black, pro black, and we're very pro, you know, taking people from our hoods and making them better. And most of the time we get criticized for that as if, you know, celebrating black excellence means we're excluding it's white. It's not anti-white. It's not an anti-white campaign. Not, no, so Elliot, what are your perspectives on that? Uh, on my side, I won't say that we excluding some, uh, everyone or different color or whatever. All I'm saying is that uh, being an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter who you are, you understand. If you need help from starting a business, you can come to me. It doesn't matter if I'm black, Indian or white or whatever. It's for everyone, you understand. This is our generation. This is our time mm-hmm. to, 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 to create something that belongs to us. It doesn't matter. This is our continent. You understand? So it doesn't race. Race doesn't matter at all when it comes to entrepreneurship. You understand? It's all about executing and helping each other to grow more. Okay. Uh, look, so? well, for me, coming from the township, I spend most of my life there, so I know what a problem, like a black, uh, a problem. For a black kid is mm. so I'm gonna focus on that, you know, because mm, yeah, exactly. I've really like I was raised look at the township as it's like this. These mm. are the problems, you know. I can't relate to a kid who's in suburb somewhere, mm. you know. I'm gonna yeah. relate to a kid who's in my hood, who's in another hood, because I think we share the same problems in hoods, you know. So yeah, it's not about race, you know. It's about where we come from. Yeah. yeah, I also think for me, like, I mean, let's get real for a second. Let's not wash things under the carpet. I also mm-hmm. think, like, majority of the country of people who are underprivileged are black people. True. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, so when we say black excellence, it's not being anti white, but it's recognizing that a huge majority of black people, not just in South Africa, but in mm-hmm. Africa as a whole and in the world, black people tend to fall at the bottom of the chain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we need to start building our own economies. I mean, half the time, as black people, we're always talking about. This this white-owned magazine is not yeah. featuring a black person Or these platforms need more black people And we need to shift away from that kind of thinking And start building our own black-owned platforms So that we don't depend on those platforms To include yeah. us in a sense and Also, I think like we need to stop being apologetic About saying pro-black Exactly like I don't understand how people can be like No, like but people <laughs> Like we are Rainbow Nation We understand we are Rainbow Nation It's just that for hundreds of years Throughout history, all over the world We have been in the position that we are in yeah, like this is it. This is not something that just happened today or yesterday. It's mm. been happening for a long, long time. Mm. And I think now, when young people start saying pro-black and black excellence, that's just us taking ownership and taking action and saying, you know what, things need to change. Exactly. Yes. We can't just keep washing things on the carpet and saying no. But we all are, you know, we're all in this together. And also, and just sorry to cut you off, pushing black excellence is the, is because. We and un- we understand that the position we were in before did not just play with us on a financial level, but also on a mental yeah. level, right? Yeah. And yeah. we trying to change other people's mentality around what, like, how they see can themselves. Can I achieve yeah. this? 
Because yeah. same same thing as Edith was saying, like we get a young kid who has been watching cartoons on TV his whole life, and he's been seeing different people of color, right? And maybe he maybe he's got the talent, and he's always wondered how how is this made? You know, there isn't like a way for him to get to be able to create that, and we want to change that firstly by mm. achieving things that we couldn't a few hundred years ago, yeah. and also mm. just changing. People's mentality around what people of color like us can achieve, mm. because there's certain things that we we see and we experience, and we're like, ah, oh, nah, this is not for me. I can't mm. get there. Mm. It's all in the mind, you know, yeah. and that's where it Cause, begins. Because nowadays, if you go to a class, even today, even today, if you find a kid that's very talented, and you tell that kid that you need to get out in your comfort zone and mm. go to this. Certain schools They will tell you No it's impossible For me to mm. go there mm. And then you ask them why. why They will tell you No it's because I can't afford There's a lot of things mm-hmm. you No, know, There's a different race there They will yeah, look at exactly. me In a different way Which is We need to kill that yeah. Like yeah. today And, and, and I think black excellence Is just like helping Or just like instilling Like the Like this This uh there's like conviction that you can see yourself as excellent. Like there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Like yeah. white people have been seeing themselves like that for Maybe. years. Like little kids, yeah. like yeah. young kids, like young white kids are are told to go out and follow their dreams and do these things, and yeah. they're amazing. And it's just like, why is it a problem if we are saying the same thing? We're saying, sixteen-year-old Tepo, you are mm. the yeah. essence of black excellence. Mm. You yeah. are an excellent person. You can do a lot of amazing things. I also think, fundamentally, to summarize what you guys are saying in this part is that. Already the world is white excellence. Mm. All the movies in the world, if you go to a cinema right now, tell me which movie, uh, just count amount of black actors you see on those advertising billboards. If you open the TV, if you watch global Mm. sports, if you watch anything in the world, the system is still run by white people. I see the black people still playing the same role. And so looking back, also coming back home into South Africa (laughs) is that what apartheid did to us so badly was not affect us not only in terms of the spaces we live in but it actually killed us in our minds and i like to believe we have the poverty of the mind Mm. and the poverty of the mind has taken away that confidence that we have you know for us to say we're the best at something is a lot because we're afraid of being arrogant we're afraid Mm. of being thrown out the room but i mean cristiano ronaldo will tell you i'm the best soccer player in the world messi will say i'm the best soccer player in the world you know people like white people always proclaim in Mm. these arenas that they are the best and when a black person does it it's provocative Mm. and we say an example like that with kanye west we kind of like i'm the best musician to be alive And people are like No, no. He must be humble He's like I, like, I, I miss the old kind mm. He used to be humble yeah. But yeah. then like Paul McCartney can say But Paul McCartney can say Yeah I'm the best ever And everyone's gonna be like Oh the Beatles The Beatles yeah, yeah, You know exactly. what I'm saying Like God. We yeah. give all these titles and things And then as black people When we take ownership of saying You know what I'm the best Because I work really hard And I feel that I am It's a problem And also mm. Being the best Is subject to who you are True. You yeah, know, okay. for example, when we argue about Messi, you can say uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is the best soccer player in the world because he's the highest paid. Mm-hmm. We can say Lionel Messi is the best soccer player in the world because of the stats that he produces. I can say that I'm the best fashion person in in the world because of the threaded man because that's what it means to me and I feel like yeah. I'm building something important. Yeah. Most, so, yeah. and even as black people, when another black person says they are the best, we are quick to be the ones Judging. to criticize. Yeah. That's where it begins, eh? Yeah. I think also yeah. it begins like we've been conditioned in such a way that. That actually begins within our societies, within our homes. Like, let's say you've got an older brother who's maybe a lawyer and he's making the big bucks and you're a creative, you want to be a fashion designer. Like, y- your mom would be like, hey, why can't you be like yeah. your brother? You know, he's, yeah. he, he's making it. He's exactly. in the corporate space and stuff like that. So I think it begins with us and 
I'm happy that that has been changing. Like I said earlier, that we collaborating, we understanding that. Hey, look, if Sia is right, like on level three, and I'm on level one, he can pick me up to level three. Mm. You know, and mm. together we can go to level four. We can move forward. <laughs> yeah, mm. and like. Black excellence is just about instilling that spirit, instilling that that confidence, and saying, "Look, you can achieve this, irrespective of your situation, irrespective of your background, and all of that." Mm. I mean, it starts in your society, like as Joe saying, "You see, you find at home they want you to be a lawyer, to be a policeman, or teacher." Whereas there's more things that you can do. Understand? So, if we're gonna limit ourselves and have that thing, we see, I don't. I don't belong in into space, yeah. in, the, in that space, mm. you know. It's not my space. Already, already, your mind it's dead. You no, know? yeah. you're not gonna go anywhere. Understand? So, like for, I was my uh, one one day my granny was asking me like, what do you do at school? Like, uh, I do animation. She was like, what's that? <laughs> I was like, I'm a pupai. And then I was like, you taking my my daughter's money and wasted <laughs> business <laughs> now. I'm a pupai. You understand <laughs> such things, but like, my like, thing yeah. like, born, uh, okay, obviously, most yellow lebe by sevens was mm. like the typical child being a, yeah. a nurse or teacher or whatever. And in most cases, it's in my school, like, this is the seasons are, it's in Exactly. Yeah. So I relate to It's that. judged. Yeah. <laughs> it's very judged. So it starts eating as as people that we you know what I'm I'm free to to do everything anywhere you know don't be afraid to take risk you need to risk each and every day yeah know? yeah no guys this is an interesting debate and we actually get we have a lot of requests coming in guys please don't hesitate to contact us on oh seven nine seven four eight eight two zero nine zero that's on WhatsApp you can message us and tell us what you think about this debate do you agree do you disagree um, what are your challenges that you're facing what are your issues that you're facing in your business I'm gonna play another song um, and this song is called Drake Diplomatic Community I think today I'm inspired by the entrepreneurs in the room you know after you've lost so much as an entrepreneur you also get into this yeah. attitude you're like hey I don't give a fuck like now. Just no, a monster. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm a monster now no one, no one can stop me so I'm gonna play this track this is Drake Diplomatic Community but I prefer Madeo. Calamari rings and tomato. I got the sauce and now shorties keep claiming prego. Waking up at 6 p.m. like where does the day go? Forecasting tornadoes, brainstorming retaliation at dinner tables. 2010 was when I lost my halo. 2017 I lost a J-Lo. A Rotterdam trip had me on front page though. 2017 I lost a J-Lo. That is Jay. Me too. Diplomatic Crazy. immunity. <laughs> Fuck em. <laughs> How are you guys feeling? This is a hidden debate. A lot of people are moved. It's by crazy. Uh, I just got a WhatsApp text saying, please be controversial. We, we, we shall be. <laughs> I don't want to be controversial for the sake of being controversial. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. I want to be controversial through speaking the truth. Truth. And, and even sometimes, like, I remember last year, people are like, I'm such a controversial figure. And I'm like, uh, what do you mean I'm controversial? Yeah. Like, just Trump is controversial. Yeah. I just speak yeah. the truth and, and my experiences. Guys, let's dive in deeper. <laughs> Let's dive in a bit <laughs> deeper. Yeah, yeah. Like, guys, as you all know, 
I would like to use myself as a prime example because it sets the tone. You know, it, mm. it makes it all equal. Last day I had pay, I had issues where it was in the media. Sia didn't pay the models. Sia's going broke. Sia's dying. Sia's this. And in all honesty, I mean, I just did last week in a Huffington Post interview where I spoke about the challenges that I faced in running my business where I had mm. cash flow issues, where I lost money, made bad decisions. That, that those happen as well. We make True. mistakes yeah. in shopping years. And I remember like how I was being dragged on Twitter. Like Sia is a failure. You know, why did he start a business? Sia is a fraud. Sia is that. And looking in hindsight at that is that it just shows for me the epitome of the times we live in mm. where, you know, as young black people who are trying to build things, of course we're going to fail and of course we're going to struggle. Mm. But then instead of being uplifted or mm. being helped or people asking, yo, what's grave, up? Yeah. I just realized that most people that were criticizing me were black people. Yeah. You know, and yeah. even in my social circles, like some of you know people that I know who are not necessarily my friends who are black, were like, "Yo, what's going on? Is this true?" Yo, spice on Twitter. My white friends were very like, "Yo, dude, like, why? What are they talking about? In running a business, there's failures, there's mistakes. You just have to bounce back up." It's gonna happen. And I remember it told me quite a little bit yeah. because my white friends, on the other hand, are like, "Dude, this is chill. This is business. We've been yeah. through worse. We've lost millions of people's money." Then on the other hand, I've got my black friends who are like, "Yeah, maybe you should quit. Maybe you shouldn't do this. Maybe mm. it's not gonna work out." Yeah. Why do you think we're so afraid of failure? Why is it that when we see it also every day with Bonang with Somizi? When they make a mistake, let's say in a book, for example, Bonang's book, um, A to B, there were grammatical errors in the book, apparently. So Mizi apparently broke George on idols. He was being criticized for his accent. And like, English is not their first language. Mm. I'm not saying we shouldn't aspire to perform at extreme high levels. Mm. Of course, excellence is very important and things should be done properly. But when they, when it isn't done properly, why is it that as black people were the first to criticize? Um, I think, I think uh, black people actually like being successful and making money is still like new to a lot of black people. Like I think it's, yeah. it's, it's like I think we're not used to it. Like and that's just facts. So seeing someone sort of achieve and do all these amazing things and make money and be able to take care of your family while you can't, I think for a lot of people is is very heartbreaking. So. It just goes back to the way we were like conditioned, like, you know, growing up, I think, bro, you know how we grew up. So it's like when you were like, you know what, I don't want, cause he was going to be a politician. That was his thing. Apparently, like he was going to be president. <laughs> he was like pre That's all what my wife, no, that's all my wife friends yeah, at school so, would say. Yeah, going yeah, to politics, you should be the next, you should be the next Nelson Mandela. I'm like, wow. And that's no. what our mother thought and our grandmother and our father. That, that was Sia's like thing. Like that's where he was going. He wasn't going to change. And then he was like, you know what? I actually want to do fashion. I mean, that was a shock. My mom was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> fashion. Routine. So I think it just comes back to the fact that, you know, I don't blame my parents for thinking the way that they do. Yeah. Um, I think it's just that economic situations has forced us to sort of go for the the well-known type of jobs, the ones that they know about, like lawyer, doctor. And that makes sense because that's the time they were conditioned in. But yeah. times have changed. So ASEA can... Exist with the with him with our little brother who wants to be a lawyer. They can exist in the same space. Mm. See, it can be a fashion designer, creative guy, and make money and be successful. And our little brother can just be a lawyer and make money and be successful. So I think it's just that we are not conditioned to see that 
all of these can coexist in one. We only just see the one that we used to. Yeah. So you're saying it's it's, it's a blind spot factor. It's what a do blind you think, Joe? Factor. That's an interesting perspective. But I let me hear what Joe says. Um, people are always gonna say shit. Either you're doing good or you're doing bad. Yeah. You know. Uh, so you just need to keep doing what you do. I mean, also just being in the public eye, you, you are almost you you're more vulnerable to criticism because your work is out there and your work is you just already being vulnerable. Like an artist, if I paint and I post it up, criticizing that work as a creative, I feel like it's a personal attack on me because I'm attached to it. Like what you see there on that canvas is me in the most vulnerable form you can find. So everyone that does great work and just, publicly puts it out there is prone to criticism and you need to understand that there are some people that are going to criticize you to, to actually improve and build you and there's other people that just don't want to see you reach a certain space or yeah. level in your life what's been the worst criticism you guys have re- received of creative creative mind space uh, the worst one, one was when we moved to Sentin. everyone was in our case that we staying sentient, we're making money, we don't talk to them anymore, we're acting different. It is new, they've changed. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's yeah. not like that. And it's like that. It's the same thing I was saying. See, me and Joe, we took a risk, a big one, you understand? We told ourselves, you know what, Joe, there's no, there's no, we don't have clients in town. Let's go to sentient. We mm. asked ourselves, how are we going to, how are we gonna you know yeah. understand? We're like, no, let's just go. Let's we use got there. Sense and let's go. You understand? We lived. We lived and everyone was like shit. Also just and sorry, um touching up on that, it's most of the people that criticize your work are people that probably you've known for a long time or have yeah. been within your circle and you've you've almost outgrown them. Not because you chose to, but like you're you're like where your headspace is is different, and people that don't understand your vision or don't understand where you're going are always going to judge you. Yeah, also being a designer, I mean, I think you and I can relate a bit more because yeah. a lot of our work requires for us to be public, and a lot of our work is public. How do you deal with it? Well, with me, I see my work as global piece of art, you know, so. It has to happen. It has to be criti- criticized for me to grow, you yeah. know. So for me, it comes as if, you know, this person is telling me to go further with what I'm doing. So it's how I deal with it. And me coming from a family where I, I always had support. So I kind of knew that I had people supporting me and said to me, you're the best at what you do. So yeah. go ahead and do your best. So. The outside world doesn't matter much, you know. Yeah. So I'm doing this for fam. That's yeah. what it is. But how do you sift if yeah. something is being criticized or being hated at? Because I think sometimes those lines can be blurred, and sometimes people can say, "Yo, I'm criticizing you," but you can clearly see the energy that they're giving you is not that friendly type of energy. I think having to do a, anything, you have to understand. You have to be thick-skinned. You have to. Mm. Have ways to deal with such energy because it is energy, and energy doesn't die; it can be converted to something else. So yeah, yeah. guys, we're running out of time. We have to <laughs> say goodbye. But yeah. Joe, 
Um, before we go, I mean, Hotso and Creative Monster, you guys have to punch yourselves. Joe, where can people find you guys? Where, if people want your services right now, how do they get in touch with you? Okay, so we're currently revamping our site, so that's off the books, but we, you can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. The, ha- the handle is at cmindspace, so that's at C-M-I-N-D-S-P-A-C-E. Uh, my personal is Joe Nawaya, you can connect there, and yeah. Um, yeah. he's, he's speaking yeah, for both yeah. <laughs> And I also say These guys just built My new website Seabila.com Which launched yesterday So yeah, Joe crazy. Great job crazy. Everybody okay, is saying Props Hotso Well anyone is looking To see what I do In my business Whatever Go to Instagram I'm your official DM us If you see something You like DM me And yeah Make it happen. And I'm also going to say next month, I think end of February, I might be going to Paris for fashion. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're one of the Cheating designers off. working with me, and you and I are doing some crazy, exciting stuff, man. Yeah, so man, just man. look out. Next couple of weeks, you'll start seeing me rock some new local dope. <laughs> Jiggy, local, but Jiggy. local, but global jiggy pieces. And Hotso yeah. will be one of the designers. Guys, thank you so much for bringing me. I think yeah. this is a debate that was really, really dope. I mm. wish we could have dived in more deeper. Yeah. And Anga, any last words? Actually, let me give, at the end of each show, I want to do words of motivation. Mm. Anga, give us the word of motivation for this Tuesday. Like motivation or just like a wise saying? A wise saying, <laughs> motivation, whatever you want to tell the world. Mm. We're running out of time. Only trust people when they're sleeping. Only trust people <laughs> when they're sleeping. That is a heavy mm. statement. Mm. But yeah, he's saying only trust people when they're sleeping. And I think in business, I've learned that the hard way yeah. where people promise you things, you forget contracts. So trust is on paper. If someone, if someone wants to prove you, they the trust you. They must show it through the paperwork. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. This is the Thread Exchange with Siabile. And also don't forget to tweet us at the Thread Exchange um, Twitter page. You can cl- uh, tweet Cliff Central. You can send also requests. And we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. I'm Siabile signing out. This is cliffcentral.com.